Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your wonderful love and grace, for a chance to be in your house this morning, to sit around your table and to worship you. Uh, Come, Lord Jesus, meet with us. Open us up to your presence, to your grace. Move in us in a new way. Lift us up, Lord Jesus. We need you this morning. We thank you for your presence here, for your word tells us where two or more are gathered. You are there, and we know you're here this morning. And so we celebrate your love and your grace, and we listen closely for your voice in all that's said and done this morning. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 11. Uh, Last week we began the story of Lazarus, and some of you may know that story, some of you may not. It's an incredible story um, where Jesus uh, goes to the, the funeral of his good friend named Lazarus. And on the way, uh, when, he's, when he gets there, uh, he meets Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha. <clears throat> and of course, they're upset because their brother has died. Now, um, we found out last week that Jesus actually waited a couple days to go to the funeral. And he waited for specific reasons and specific purposes. And it doesn't make sense to us sometimes. But sometimes Jesus waits. Did you know that? Sometimes he waits. And so in this morning's passage, here he is arriving at the funeral. And, and in verse 17 we read, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that, e- but but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, "Your brother will rise again." Martha answered, "I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day." And Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me <clears throat> will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die." And then he asked her, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? May God add God's blessing, the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. We take a You've just heard this week's focus scripture. Now on to the sermon, starting momentarily. Um, there we go. There we go. I, uh, I, I wanted to show this slide uh, that says Super Bowl um, because I wanted you to know that I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. All right, and I just want to get that out of the way um, because sometimes people say, well, you didn't say anything about the Super Bowl. Well, <clears throat> I, I, there are a couple things I want to say about the Super Bowl. Um, I just want you to know that somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. Well, we'll find out now, won't we, Kenny? <clears throat> who wins and who loses? But I want to remind you, all you big football fans, it's... Only a game. Okay? It's only a game. It's not the end of the world. If your team loses, they're still next year. And if your team wins, they may lose next year. It's only a game. Okay. Now, I know that you've heard about it since Tuesday last week, and you have come to believe, uh, along with all the media, that this is the event of the year. But the truth of the matter is, it's only a game. There are things that are much more important in this world. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and, and although I, I know that... Um, Games are fun and get us involved and draw us in. Uh, this morning, we need to talk about something much more important. Um, <clears throat> we, we began this walk to Lazarus' house last week. And Jesus has delayed his going until Lazarus died. And and now Lazarus is dead, and Jesus is headed toward the funeral. And the question is, what do you say when you go to a funeral? What do you say when you go to the visiting hours? I, I, I don't know about you, but I always feel like there's that awkward moment, you know, where... Uh, what can I say? And I hear people say, I'm sorry for your loss, which is a nice thing to say, and nothing wrong with that. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's a good thing to say, but, but it doesn't really say what you want to say, does it? And so you kind of, and, and the people who have experienced loss, they, they don't know what to say either. They're, they're grieving, they're, they're lost. So this morning, I want us to, to talk a little bit about what can we say? 
What kind of conversations can go on? Now, when Jesus arrives at Lazarus' tomb, you've got to admit, that's got to be a pretty awkward situation. They had sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was ill. There was an expectation that Jesus would come. I can only imagine that Mary and Martha, as they sat with their sick brother, uh, at times would go to the door and kind of look and see if Jesus was on his way. They had sent messages to Jesus. Certainly he knew that Lazarus was sick, and yet he still isn't showing up. And then Lazarus dies, and I'm sure they were heartbroken and wondering what, what, what happened to Jesus. Why didn't he come? He says he loves us. Why why wasn't he there? And Jesus arrives outside of the village headed toward the funeral. And Martha hears that he's coming, maybe sees him from afar. And she heads out. Can you imagine the awkwardness of the moment? Martha doesn't ask, why weren't you here? She says, Lord, if you had been here. What's Jesus going to say? How's he going to respond? I believe as we begin to listen to Jesus and Martha and Mary and those at the funeral, we begin to hear the conversation that goes on. We may begin to discover some of the things that need to be heard from us and to us as we think about what it's like to be at that place that funeral procession. Jesus doesn't go into town right away. He stands outside. And as he's there, here comes Martha. And Martha wants to know, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Did you notice that when Mary goes out uh, and all the mourners follow her, her question is exactly the same. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What's he going to say? Well, this morning we want to talk about how how we can respond to one another when we walk into that place. Now, I want you to know that this sermon began to be formed uh, many weeks ago. Um, And so this, this, this sermon had nothing to do with what has happened this week except that God has placed it in this place at this time. So I'm going to trust Him in that um, as we talk together about that. So what do we say? Well, the first question that seems to come up is why didn't God heal him? You see, the, the question is, Lord, if you had been here, the thought is, If Jesus had been there, then he could have healed Lazarus. He healed the blind man. He healed the lame man. He healed all those other people. If Jesus had just been there at that time, that Lazarus would have been healed and would be okay today. So the big why question comes. Why? Why does God heal some people and and not others. Why, why did Jesus wait to come to the funeral? Why, why didn't God heal this one and he heals others? The, the why question seems to just continue. And, and you know, at many funerals um, and at visiting hours, that, that question just kind of hangs there. 
And we usually don't have enough guts to even ask the question. But it's an important question. I like Martha and Mary. They're right up front. Jesus, if you had been here. They don't pull any punches. Jesus knows what they're asking. Jesus knows the question. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Why didn't you come? Why weren't you here? Why didn't you get here in time? Why did you wait? Did you run into traffic? Did something happen between here and there? Why did you decide to wait? We know because we know the whole story. We know that Jesus purposely waited. He said to his disciples, we're going to wait. And when Lazarus dies, then they decide to go. When Martha and Mary think, well, it's too late now. Why did you show up now? Why didn't you come when we needed you? This question comes up over and over in in our lives. Why didn't Jesus come when we needed? We we sometimes think that, that somehow Jesus has has put us off. It's not come when we needed Him. It's not arrived when we cried out to Him. We want to know why wasn't He there when we needed Him the most. And the point of, the, of Jesus' response is, listen, I was here all the time. As a matter of fact, if you remember last week, Jesus knew what was going on at Lazarus' house. How did He know? Well, the neat thing about Jesus is He's not bound by His body. He is a spiritual being. And so He was with Mary and Martha and Lazarus the whole time. When you cry out to Him and you don't feel His presence and you think, where is He? The truth of the matter is, He's right there with you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's right in your presence. And and we don't always understand what's going on. Remember, Jesus said to the disciples, hey, listen, this is so God can be glorified. You're like, well, how can God be glorified in that? And i got to admit, time and time again, I've been with people, and I say, I don't understand how God's going to work through this. But I have a belief. The Scripture teaches us that God's ways are not our ways. And even in Job, and you remember the story of Job, you want to talk to a guy who had 100,000 things happen to him that were all bad. And if you don't know Job's story, his whole family dies, he loses his, his house, he loses his property, he loses everything. Except his wife. And she tells him to curse God and die. At that moment, it was not maybe the most helpful. All those things happen to him. Listen to his response. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. You see, when we walk into a situation where we ask the why question, we don't always understand the answer. But what we do understand is the presence of God with us. And even if you don't feel like He's there, know from the Word of God that He is present with you. And that He loves you very much. It's interesting to me that they question His love. Did you notice that? Well, it says, you know, He claimed to love Lazarus. 
well, why wasn't he here? Certainly if he could heal the blind, he, he should have been here to heal him. If he really loved him, why wasn't he there? The truth of the matter is he was there and he loved Lazarus very much. And when you don't feel like he's there, the truth of the matter is he is there and he still loves you very much. And He's going to walk with you through the valley, the Scripture says, of the shadow of death. And He's going to get you to the other side. Because His presence goes with you and because He loves you. So when we get to the funeral and the question comes up, why? Why didn't Jesus heal the one I love? The answer is not easy. Because we can't answer the why question. I don't understand. I don't know. But this is what I do know. Jesus loves you very much. And He's going to walk with you through this. I know that because He died on the cross to prove His love for you. And that will never, ever, ever change. So when you walk through the struggles and trials of life, it may not be death, it may be something else. As you walk through that trial, remember these two things. First of all, that Jesus walks with you. If you're willing to walk with Him, He'll walk with you. That's your choice. And second of all, never forget that He loves you very much. And that will never change. So when we get to the funeral home, we want to bring the presence of Jesus and we want to bring His love. So how can we do that? Well, well, we walk in. And we grab hold of that person. And maybe you're not a hugger, so you grab hold of the hand. Whatever it is, you grab hold of the person, you look them in the eye, and you remind them that they are loved. You may say, hey, I just want you to remember that we love you. And that we're praying for you. And then look at them and say, and we know that Jesus walks with you. We've asked Him to be here with you. You have all kinds of things to say. Did you notice that? I'm sorry for your loss. But better yet, I want you to know you're loved. The second, the second thing that comes up in funeral questions is... Um, <clears throat> Do you believe? Do you believe? Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he looks at her and says, do you believe this? You know why he looks at her and asks her that question? Because she's standing in a moment where someone she loves has died. And the question is, do you believe in life in the face of death? When things are at their hardest, are you still able to say, I do believe? Do you believe this, Jesus asked her? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And, and those are two very important things that Jesus offers to us. He offers us eternal life. If we put our faith in Him, He promises to take us to His home to live forever with Him, to be alive. Though we die, yet shall we live. And whoever lives and believes in Him shall not die. Oh yeah, your physical body will give up and we'll throw it in the ground out there somewhere. 
But your life will go on as you walk with Christ from this life into eternal life. And when you come to a funeral, it really hits you in the face. Do you really believe this, you see? You, you can walk when you're not at the funeral home, when you're not walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You can walk through life and say, well, you know, I'm not sure. Or, or you can say, yeah, I believe in the resurrection. Yeah, I believe in that. But it's when you're face to face with death that you really have to ask the question, do you really believe? The neat thing about following Jesus is that He's not only the resurrection, but He's the life. You see, He not only offers you eternal life, but He offers you life today. You say, well, I'm alive. No, you're living and you're breathing, but that doesn't mean you're alive. I watch a lot of people walk through this world barely surviving. They don't know what joy is all about. Jesus says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That, he's talking about Satan. He's talking about the evil one. That's what he comes to do. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or abundant life. You see, Jesus wants more for you than just to walk through life and barely survive. He's got incredible things for you to be a part of in this world. And if you really want to live, if you really want to experience all that life can be, start following His example. Start living like He lives. Now, it's, it's different than what this world says. And it's such a different mindset. This world says it's better to get than to give. As a matter of fact, this world says the more you have, the better off you are. I saw a bumper sticker said, the one who dies with the most toys wins. Then the next car, I saw another bumper sticker. The one who dies with the most toys still dies. You see, in our world, thinks if you have more, if you have greater, if you have uh, uh, more things, if you have more relationships, if you have more of this or more of that, then your life will be better. The truth of the matter is, that if you really want to experience the fullness of life, offer your life to Jesus and begin to give it away. Because Jesus said, it's greater to give than to receive. And He's right. And you know that, because at Christmas, it's better to give a gift than to give a gift. It's better to give a gift than to get a gift. Did I say that right? We'll have to fix that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's going, no. <laughs> okay. Mistakes and all. There it is. Uh, the mindset of Christ is so different than our world. If you begin to follow him, you'll begin to discover new things that will give you life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you really believe this? When you stand in the face of death, you have to ask that question. Do you really believe you know, Mary responds, well, well, Jesus, I, I mean, Martha responds, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you're the Christ, the Messiah, the one who was to come. She's got all the titles for Jesus. I, I believe all these titles, Jesus. I believe you're all those titles. And, and a lot of people walk around today, well, I, I believe Jesus. I believe, I believe Jesus was the Son of God. I believe that Jesus was a good person. I believe that Jesus was a prophet. And they hang all these titles on him. 
But if you really want to experience life, you have to believe that Jesus loves you enough that you want a relationship with him. And as you open that door, then things begin to change. Jesus asks you, do you believe? And finally, and we're out of time, but I I do want to talk about this just quickly. The question, where are they? Jesus says, well, where have you laid him? And off they go. Martha says, come and see. Or Mary says, come and see. And they head to the tomb. Where, where are they? Now, I've gone to a lot of funerals. It's part of my job. And I don't care who it is. can be the meanest, nastiest person you ever met. Someone will say, well, they're in a better place. Have you heard that? They're in a better place because everybody wants to know what happens after you die where do you go Jesus made it very clear he said if you believe in me I go and prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I'll come and take you to myself that where I am there you may be also that you and I might be together that we might live together for all eternity that you might experience my love and my grace and my mercy and my joy and all those wonderful gifts for all eternity. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. And so as Jesus walks over to the tomb, you see the problem is you and I, most of us know the rest of the story. And if you don't know the rest of the story, read it when you get home. It's awesome. We know what Jesus is going to do. But Martha and Mary and all those there don't have a clue what Jesus has in mind. But He wants them to know that He has given Lazarus life already. And the truth of the matter is, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when you die, you step into His presence alive for all eternity. It's an awesome gift. Wouldn't you come and see for yourself? Come and see. When we get to the funeral, make sure you remind those who believe that in Jesus Christ there's eternal life. There's that place of eternal peace, of grace, of love, that place where we're with Jesus. Now Jesus gets as headed to the tomb and he looks around and everybody's crying. And Jesus begins to cry, which is because he recognizes this separation right now, you see. Those he loves are separated from one they love. And he himself at that very moment has been separated from Lazarus. And I want you to see, if you look carefully, it says Jesus not only was Uh, disturbed or deeply uh, upset um, in his spirit, but he also, he not only cries, he also is troubled. Something's bothering him. And I don't believe what's bothering him is just the fact that this crowd is crying around him. No, Jesus is beyond that. He's above that. What is it that's troubling Jesus? I believe that what's troubling Jesus is they're on their way to the tomb, and he recognizes that many are caught in death. That there are many who don't experience the fullness of life. He looks at the tomb and he's reminded of all those standing there. Some who came simply as professional mourners. They're going to cry because they they just think that that way other people will feel good if they cry. And it, it doesn't make sense. Jesus looks at them and says, and thinks, oh no, these people don't get it. They haven't figured it out yet. They don't have a clue what I'm going to do. 
They're caught up in their own selves. And He's going to step in and He's going to change all that. You see, when Jesus came to the tomb, He began to change right then the perspective of what death is really all about. Martha said, I believe in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection. And the Apostle Paul will tell us that when we die, we're in the presence of the Lord. None of this hanging out in the tomb anymore. None of this hanging out in the cemetery. Some people say to me, well then, Pastor, why do we put up a marker so that we know where people are buried? We put up a marker so that we can go there and remember them and be encouraged by the fact that they're no longer there. You say, well, we dig them up. Their body's still there. Yeah, their, their body's still there. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then we're told that when we get to heaven, he's going to give us a new body, which is real exciting for me because I'm looking for the skinny model. A little darker hair, maybe a little younger. I'm putting my order in. I don't know if I can do that, but I, <laughs> I, I'm looking for that new body that, you know, when I get up in the morning, doesn't hurt anymore. I'm looking for that new body where, where I can celebrate Jesus all the time. Where I don't get tired and worn out. I'm looking for that new body. And I believe the minute I die, Jesus is going to come. He's going to come to my tomb, my, my grave, whatever you do with me. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I'm always reminded my dad. My dad always said, Dave, he says, I don't care what you do with me when I die, but if you don't do something, I'm going to raise a stink. <laughs> my dad was always a thinker. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is I don't care what you do with this body when I die hey if there are parts that are worth using hey give them to somebody else because God has given me a new body and I'll be in his presence isn't that awesome now here's, here's one other truth that I want to lay out before you before we're done that's all true for those who are followers of Jesus Christ but if you refuse to follow Jesus the scripture is also very clear that when you die, it's not just over. Some people think, well, it's all over. No, it's not just over. The Scripture's clear. If you don't follow Jesus, you don't end up in His presence. You end up separated from Him for all eternity. You say, that's ah, no big deal. It's a big deal. Because when you're separated from Him, you don't know love. You don't know peace. You don't know joy. You don't know what life is. We call it being lost. It's a place called hell. And Jesus has left the choice up to you. I hope and pray when I, if I'm still here when you die, that if I go to your funeral, I'm able to say, this person was a follower of Jesus Christ. And now they're in the presence of the Lord. Please, please, don't make it so I have to say, I don't know. I hope that they put their trust in Jesus. And this morning you could make that decision. You see, Jesus is calling you to follow him. He wants you to know that there'll come a day when you die. 
and he would love to come and take you to his house. That's what he wants. As a matter of fact, he died so that he could do that. You see, you can only go to Jesus' house if you're not caught in sin. And, and the rest, we're all caught in sin. And so how, how then can we get to Jesus? Well, the Scriptures tells us that if you're a sinner, somebody has to die. Either you die for that sin or someone else and Jesus came and lived a perfect life and he died so that he could die for you so he could pay the price for you he was willing to do that he loves you that much and God said okay if you put your trust in my son if you believe in him if you believe he died for you then I will look at you through him and I will see you pure just as he is and I'll place all your sin on him, and it'll no longer be on you. And when you die, I'll let him come and take you to his house. But the choice is yours. Wouldn't you choose to follow Jesus? Next time you go to a funeral, next time you go there, make sure you bring the presence of Jesus with you. And share your love and his love with them. Next time you go to a funeral, remind them of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ if they would simply believe in him. Next time you go to a funeral, remind them that as we follow Jesus, when we die, he comes to take us to his house. Remind them that if Jesus is with them and Jesus is with us, they can't be far away. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come to a moment of decision. Decisions that need to be made before we go to the funeral home. Lord, those who are grieving need so much your presence, and your love. Sometimes they feel let down. Sometimes they just feel so hurt. And Lord, they need to know that you love them. Help us to bring your presence. Help us to share your love with them. Lord, before we go to the funeral home, help us to ask ourselves if we really believe that you're the resurrection and the life. Do we believe that you died for us and rose again to give us the hope of eternal life? Do we believe that you have come to give us life today? that you would change our lives so that we would truly be alive and not just surviving. Lord, may we answer yes. May we bring that hope to others. Lord, we, we pray this morning that you would remind us that there is eternity yet to come. Father, that we would be living today like eternity is yet to come. We pray, Father, for those who have yet to follow you. And we ask that this morning they would decide. That they would decide that they would rather have life and know your peace and your joy for all eternity than be separated 
from us and from you. Lord, it's a moment of decision for us. Help us to decide for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.